Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the conversation half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. I'm Zella. And I'm Kevin. Today is not just any Sunday, it's Good Friday. I came to church on a Friday night here at Advent, and there wasn't technically a sermon, but yeah. there was definitely plenty to reflect on and talk about. Yeah. We uh, have the choir and a full orchestra, and we had a variety of readers reading um, the story of the Passion. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. One of the things that stuck out to me from the readings was the readers themselves and how they kind of how they did represent the diversity of the church and the diversity we're kind of striving for. Props to prop. Pastor Danielle for her <laughs> um, arrangement, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's really a cool reflection on just that Jesus truly did die for everyone. And yeah, that that the whole breadth of humanity um, and exactly as we are, God, God sent his son to die for that. So it was a cool, yeah, it was, I definitely agree with Deanne that it was nice to have all of the different voices being a part of this story and really bringing this story to life for us this evening. It also made me see other identities embodied in, in Jesus. Yeah. Or made me see Jesus in all these these different uh, expressions of humanity and who we are. Yeah. And particularly because there's a long history, hundreds of years of uh, the church and art and different depictions of Jesus, whitewashing Jesus when that's not historically or factually yeah. <laughs> true. Um, it was it was really so really cool to hear the voice of Jesus voiced um, in by a non-white voice. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but that's just to say there's there's something about not hearing it clearly not coming from a white person, that idea that the voice of Jesus could be someone else other than how Jesus is depicted yeah. as, as a Euro- European man in so many places is so important and refreshing to re- reaffirm and maybe for some people even introduce that idea that, that yeah. who God is, who God loves, and who Jesus is is more expansive than that narrow yeah. identity of how Jesus can be depicted and how a Christian can. So, yeah, it's like it's kind of the idea of there's the the step of like who God loves and understanding that God loves everyone, but also then if we are all made in the image of God, the diverseness of humanity is contained within God. And so seeing God then presented in multiple ways, whether that be through gender or pronouns or race or all of these different factors of diversity and not just narrowing God down to this specific portrayal we've seen from, yeah. from European artists. So recently my friend was reading um, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, which I read a while back. And so, of course, because that really centers around the cross, I was thinking about that during um, this Good Friday service a little bit. Um, kind of the thesis statement of that book is that the lynching tree is a strong parallel to the cross. 
Um, and so it's kind of one of the foundations or kind of basic theories in black theology and kind of this idea around Jesus's shared experience of trauma with the black community who experienced lynching. It sounds like it's a pretty common idea within black theology, but I don't know how much within white churches it's really known or kind of talked about, partly because the lynching tree is not as big of a presence in white people's lives. Yeah, or like the just kind of the the symbolism for how it has impacted white individuals slash the white community is very different. So yeah, I had I had not heard of that before you mentioned it, but it is, I mean, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before and how like everyone can see can see the individual personalized nature of Jesus' sacrifice. And it was it was for everyone and for everyone's experience. Um, there is no right way to experience Good Friday or to experience the the sacrifice of Jesus and to experience the gospel. It is it was uniquely personalized and individualized for for everyone so that we all um, are are invited into it and invited into experiencing this story. It, it, it always kind of challenges my mind that this one that this moment in the gospel and this act can just have so such profound meaning and and profound connection to to every person and to across history yeah. human history across our sense of time and I'm, yeah, i i don't know if i'll ever fully comprehend that to your point deanne i and then the the book that you shared i definitely you know i see parallels of these the passion story and a lot of what i see in society today and what people on the margins experience jesus was a person who had done nothing wrong yeah and yet was humiliated and beaten and killed by the systems of power and and I think, and I can't help but draw a parallel today to people of color who are killed by systems of power here yeah, for doing nothing wrong. And there's no justice or retribution. And very much like the crowds yelling crucify him, I, I, I imagine and, and hear and feel and understand yeah. that that the friends of these young people of the black community would feel this, this outrage at so many people staying s- silent. Like it's, it's yeah. almost like saying cru- crucify him. Yeah. The There's a complicity that oh yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's definitely heartbreaking. And that kind of goes to what Peter is doing is Peter is saying, Oh, I'm not with him. Peter's like rejecting Jesus and so there's various ways to be complicit in the crucifixion there's of course the act of people yelling crucify him but there's also the people not stopping it not speaking against it and then there's the people who when confronted or when asked are denying yeah but I mean what I think one of the parts um, of the passion story as told by Luke that strikes me the most is that in the midst of the worst that 
humanity could be doing as, as pastor Danielle put it, like in the midst of all of this, Jesus is still responding in love. And as, as people have beaten him and have brutally put him up on this cross and, and have humiliated him and taken his clothes and given him vinegar and all of, all of these crazy, horrible, wretched things that Jesus did absolutely nothing to deserve. Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, so just that the idea that amidst all of the brokenness in this world, Jesus still is there for our forgiveness um, and still desires for us to be reconciled and desires for there to be justice and desires for there to be forgiveness um, and reconciliation amongst each other and and before God. And yeah, the that Jesus looked out on a crowd that had just yelled, crucify him. Um, and it just put him up on a cross and said, forgive them. That is, that is sacrificial love beyond what I can often comprehend. <laughs> and that's our hope. Yeah, that is our hope. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why this reminder every year is, and every day. <laughs> Is is needed because I it's it's both that that awareness of uh, of what, how we fall short and how yeah. and how the world falls short yeah and that and but also that awareness of God's unconditional love and forgiveness yeah. and Jesus and and yeah it, it gives a hope of reconciliation and also in an, an example and in a way toward living justly yeah and following the example and. and yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of the things I so value about Good Friday is that we as Christians so often take this for granted. <laughs> we take the, this gift of God's son um, and the gift of that sacrifice and the freedom that it grants us and, and the joy and the liberation and the reconciliation and, and all that is offered within this gift within this day is something that we so often take for granted. Um, and so even though Good Friday is, can be a very somber service, um, it's very reflective. It's also just a heart-wrenching reminder that we, we get this gift every day. We get to have this relationship with God every single day because of what Jesus did. And that is pretty remarkable. One passage that we saw today that we thought was kind of different and strange. Deanne, you want to share it? Sure. We just were like, what does that mean in there? <laughs> There's definitely one idea in biblical reading is like the, you can read something over and over and still find something new and still um, be like, wait, that was in there the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that definitely happened to me today where I was like, you, like, I know you can't just like go in and add passages to the Bible, but like, (laughs) I don't remember that from last year. (laughs) So in Luke, uh, 23, 28, um, Jesus says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourself and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore, the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say, The mountains fall on us and the hills cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? 
Um, so the line from that that really struck me was, blessed are the barren. Um, especially, I don't know that much about the first century where Jesus was living in, but I would expect um, that, um, like in many points in time, a woman a woman's worth was by if she could bear children or not. And so the idea that, again, Jesus flipping it on its head and saying, blessed are the barren. Yeah, and I mean, in a way that makes sense with a lot of other things. Jesus says, like, blessed are the meek and the poor, and, and you know, the... The gospel is one for, of just flipping for, the world yeah, on its, its head. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in many societies, today's not much different. There's a, a tendency to associate, like, wealth with being more important or worthy or uh, contri- contributing more to society and that that your value is in how much assets you have to give yeah. and um and so like to me it 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 yeah fits into that whole turning but like when we look at like power and human rights in a, in a holistic way that includes everyone you know i i think it's it's really interesting to note that this is included yeah. that he speaks to the role of women in society at his time too. Also that it's like right in the middle of this crucifixion. Yeah. It's in the middle of the passion story. <laughs> yeah. The placement. I mean, what do you guys, why do you think it's there? Why then? I mean, I have a thought. I yeah. don't, I don't know. Hypothesis. Hypothesis. I don't know if this is the right one, but um, the, like part of the idea of um, of kind of the new covenant that comes with Jesus is like it like Jesus came from the line of David and from the Israelites, but the new covenant is that through this chosen people, relationship with God and reconciliation with God is now available to all nations and and to the whole and to the whole world, and it's no longer your your birthright um as as a jew or as an israelite to to have access to god and to god's kingdom um and the idea that we we are all now adopted into the kingdom of heaven because of jesus um and yeah i have no idea if this has anything to do with this specific passage um but it just made me think of the idea that we as children and children of God are, are adopted into this family um, because because of what Jesus did, not contingent on 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 our on our earthly families as as wonderful or as broken as they may be. Yeah, I mean, I see the connection. <laughs> I see the connection you're making, and I actually really like that you connected to to today and and like other like we experience all kinds of family situations and all kinds of uh, experiences with wanting kids, not wanting kids, being single, being in a partnership, being in a healthy family, being in a healthy a relationship or family that's toxic. And like, I just, I just think, yeah, there's a lot of different experiences around that. And it's interesting to take that idea of, yeah, being, being a child of God and being, having this kind of unconditional love and inclusion. Churches don't always live that out or exemplify it all the time i think to from the gospel and from this this passage as a piece of that that's very much yeah yeah 
the message and the good news. So I see the connection. It's uh, it also called to mind the passage. You know, I I am the vine, you are the branches, which I was discussing the other day in uh, one of our discipleship groups. Yeah, John and, fifteen. Yeah, and uh, interpret interpretation of that that is a accepted interpretation is that it's it's speaking to the old analogy of like a family tree and mm. like yeah. being connected to the vine by being part of the lineage yeah. of of a tribe of Israel but that sense that like now just Jesus is the vine yeah and that the branches is all of humanity that 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 in in his life and death and resurrection, everyone is directly connected to that source of life and hope. Yeah, I think those, yeah, that makes sense. It's just, I didn't have a lot of thoughts on what it meant, especially once it gets into the weird mountain hill metaphor, <laughs> which we'll just leave <laughs> for another, another day. day. <laughs> um, but. I think it's worthwhile just to bring something up and just be like, hey, what about this? Yeah. I mean, this God invites us to, to question and to to dive into his book. Like, that's why yeah. we have it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Amen. But just what you were talking about, about the gospel's availability to everyone. And like, I love, I love that Easter, we get to talk about what is the gospel. Um, because... Again, I guess this is kind of regressing to talking about taking things for granted. Um, but oftentimes in the church, and this isn't necessarily a, a positive or a negative thing, um, but we talk a lot about kind of what the the things around being a Christian, the 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 ways in which we live our which we live our lives, love our neighbors, and those are absolutely crucial, fundamental things. But if we don't have the constant reminder of coming back to the unconditional nature of the gospel it can it, it can be easy to forget that that the reason we we love our neighbor is and and all of the kind of behavioral life transformation that comes from this relationship is is because of is because of this moment is because of this unconditional love and this forgiveness yeah so it's it's cool to talk about the gospel um because something like i realized within myself like maybe a year ago, if someone had asked me like, Zell, what is the gospel? I'm not sure I would have actually been able to articulate it. <laughs> um, I, like I would have yeah. generally known. Um, but yeah, the, like it's, it's so fundamental to come back to this story and to understand this story as, as such a foundation so that when people comment on the way I live, um, the way I love, whatever, things like that, I get to identify the source and that source is, is Jesus and that source is, is this story um, and, and all it entails. So, so yeah. This, this is why, yeah, this is our anchoring. Yeah. There's been a couple points in my life where I've really kind of kept coming back to the forgive them for they know not what they do phrase. So it's definitely kind of similar to what you were talking about. And I was living that out as a reflection and because that had been that generosity and love had been applied to me, I was then wanting to take that and live that out in my life. Yeah, it is. It's the, the response. Yeah. Response to the 
gift of grace. Yeah. There was a line in the brief uh, reflection Pastor Danielle offered following the tied to the forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, She said, in the face of the worst people could do, Jesus returned love. Yeah. And here, visualizing it that way, conceptualizing it that way, that was insane. In the face of the worst people could do, Jesus returned love. And yeah, that's just, that's just incredible. And I feel like sometimes we have the tendency to talk about one or the other, though this like amazing love and then like all how horrible Jesus' death was. And, but it's interesting. It just to think of, you know, Jesus as yes, God, but and as an embodied person, like experiencing this and only giving love back and, and imagining <laughs> most people I know, I can't imagine them responding that way. <laughs> Uh, and it, so it's just pretty radically different. And of course, it's God. But, <laughs> but um, it's pretty radical. Yeah, I just I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having the being able to do that. And yet, you know, it's again, and I think we've touched on this a few times, where it's like where we fall short. That's that's why Jesus yeah. came very reflective. <laughs> God, God steps in and God is at work. Yeah. Bringing us the rest of the way. Yeah. Even if it's just one nudge at a time. <laughs> yep. And a lot of forgiveness. Yep. A whole lot of grace. So Pastor Danielle's kind of first reflection, her starting point um, for Good Friday was she was saying this is a time to mourn, this is a time to yearn, and this is a time to do. Yeah, I that that was the moment in the in the service where I was like, oh, I gotta get out my notebook and I like jotted it down. Yeah, because I've I personally have been reflecting a lot about mourning um, in this in the past couple of months um, as I am mourning or just confronting a big transition in my life um, that's been hard. And yeah, the idea that. Like that's able to be held simultaneously with, with doing, um, and that to mourn is not is not to be crippled. It's not to be debilitated. It's not to be be inert. Um, mourning can 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 be a cause for action. It can be um, something that stirs within our heart um, to reach out and to respond um, and to love all the more deeply. Um, and to be, to be all the more present. Um, yeah. So I, I loved that in the reflection on, on the passion, um, really spoke to me personally and something that I've been going through. Wow. (laughs) It's a great connection. Morning is a morning does have a lot of value. Yeah. And it's needed. Yeah, I've had to remind myself of that. <laughs> and can, and can it in, indicate a lot of good things. Yeah. You know, about where you are now or what, what it is that you're mourning. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to formulate all of the things I've been yeah, thinking about. Understandably. Because, um, yeah, I definitely felt a little bit scattered 
Um, hmm. Which that was something I kept trying to be like, bring it back. <laughs> Stay present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the service, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an exercise in, in mindfulness to, to listen. Yeah, to just be still and just hear the music and just be wrapped up in it and not let the mind wander to the to-do list, which is what my mind always goes to. <laughs> but, but yeah, to just an exercise of just sitting and being in reflection of the, in front of the cross. I closed my eyes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. And because, you know, I've, I've actually learned, you know, you deprive one sense, the others become more attuned. So um, really helped us to, to sink into that medium of just the voices speaking through the sound system and, and obviously works well with the music. And it was interesting that the interplay between the, the story being told through, you know, narration and then music, then narration yeah. and then music. There's this kind of rhythm to it. And like, yeah, it, it felt like a story. Yeah. You know, it was, it was delivered that way. And I appreciated that. But definitely it was, it was mostly our, our invitation as participants was mostly to listen. Yeah. Oh, there was, there was that one moment in the middle where it was, there's nothing to listen to. And it was the opposite, which I think actually like made it even more this like punctuation in the middle, yeah. which I loved of just before the next song, walk up, you're invited if you want to walk up to the cross yeah, and to bring your, your mourning and yearning and hope and, and doing there. Uh, and I, and I walked up and it's a little uncomfortable to walk up <laughs> because everyone's standing around you and it's dead silent. <laughs> but yeah, it, it isn't for me, at least it wasn't until like five seconds of being up there that kind of everything else kind of fades away. And there, there's, is this moment of, of being at the cross and being in silence. That's was incredibly visceral and, and moving especially when couched within the music and the the story. Yeah. It was something. Yeah, I definitely can sympathize with kind of the the self-consciousness of going up there and being like, "Oh, are people looking at me?" <laughs> and like that 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 feeling. Um but but yeah, being able to kind of quiet that um, and just have a moment where I, you truly get to lay your burdens at Jesus's feet. But what, yeah, what I thought was really amazing um, as I went back to to my to my seat and was kind of continuing in in prayer and thoughtfulness and yeah, just the even though it had been exactly what had made me self conscious before, um, watching everyone go up to the cross um and it just continued to reinforce how personal jesus made it in this moment like this this was about every single individual in that room and in that crowd and for all of humanity um it is an open invitation to every single person um and and we all have something to bring to Jesus. Um, we all have burdens. We all have troubles. We all have joys. We all have 
us and that's and that's what jesus asked for is is for us and all of us um so yeah that was it was actually really cool to kind of communally but also individually lay our burdens at jesus feet that was moving for me too actually seeing other people come up seeing my seeing our community come to the cross yeah again it was like we talk about tonight kind of anchoring what we're all about like seeing these people that i interact with all the time yeah um coming to the cross and having this moment of laying themselves at the cross kneeling this powerful visual (laughs) reminder of what centers us all here yeah mourn yearn do i i I, I like i actually want to unpack that more yeah it's cool because i i just think those in terms of what we're here to do yeah well it's it's interesting because i think we think of good friday a lot as like what are we here what event are we here to like commemorate yeah you know like and we i think a lot of people don't typically think about like what are we here to do what is the action yeah of coming and that was a, a really nice reframing mm-hmm. and yeah i think about like zelle you had a really personal example and connection to that and i wonder you know everyone else in the room like what what are they mourning for what are they yearning for what is the doing that god yeah. is calling them into and yeah, I'm just kind of interested to see. that's like, it's like three words I don't want to let go of tonight Yeah, and, and hope other people won't. And I would love to see like where that, where that carries us into Easter and beyond. Yeah. Because the story's not over. There's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> You'll never guess what happens in three days. I know. <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> Deanne, did, did any of the thoughts puzzle piece themselves together? I don't know exactly where, what these past couple days have been for me. Because I've, um, starting on Monday, Thursday, actually, um, had a really a big spike in anxiety. And so it was kind of mm. this weird mix of progress in terms of how far I'd come um, around what I was feeling anxious about, but then feeling this kind of backslide or, and this mm. um, kind of return to, to this anxiousness and this um, unhealthiness. Um yeah. So it's just kind of trying to, it, it, it was, yeah, trying to think about that and feeling all of those types of things while also feeling so um, enriched, um, yeah. both by this community and by other communities I have around, um, and enriched by this time off that I have for the holiday weekend. Yeah. Um, so it's this weird, l- lots of feelings going on. I don't, yeah. I love mourn, yearn, and do. I don't know exactly how yeah. all of my feelings fit into that or those. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're you're experiencing Holy Week from a, a complicated <laughs> place. Yeah. 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 We can't really control control where we're at when the date comes around, right? I I pray for you, and and you, as you said, you know this this community holds you in a lot of love and support. So, shall we wait until and wait and see what happens next? <laughs> I know. I think we need to read the next chapter <laughs> and see what happens. So. It's a page turner. <laughs> I guess so. Any any final thoughts, guys, or questions? I guess one thing I want to work on is like being present. Um, especially, I feel like my anxiousness can like kind of go into various thought spirals, and I'm always kind of um, being taken away from where I am. So I want to, in in the midst of this Holy Week, when I'm going to be here at Advent a lot, be mm-hmm. not just physically present, but very mentally and emotionally present. Yeah, I understand that. I want to be too. I, yeah. You, sh- you showed up physically. <laughs> so I know, you are here at almost 10 o'clock at night recording this podcast, so and that is showing not, up. Not to... Not to <laughs> Not to, uh, that, not to challenge that desire, but I, your presence is appreciated. I'll just say that, and even, even if it's not at a hundred percent, um, but yeah. And it's okay that it's not at a hundred percent because Jesus would have died for us at zero percent. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we have we have Easter, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> and since Advent does Easter Vigil, you just get double doses of Easter. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. So, um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, we know how, you know, we generally know how the story ends, but we don't know what's hap- going to happen with us, I guess yeah. is the thing. Yeah, how will we be transformed? How will we be changed? Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway. 